What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Course Record. I'm your host, Tyler C., and I'm very excited to have you join us again today. On The Course Record, I have conversations with the next wave of elite golfers to uncover how they got to where they are today and what it takes to succeed at the highest levels. You'll get a behind-the-scenes look of what goes into their process of consistently improving and putting together great rounds. Here, we can learn a lot from our peers to help us take our games to the next level. I am very excited to have our special guest, Lilia Vu, on today. Lilia was a 2019 rookie on the LPGA Tour and is currently playing on the Symmetra Tour. She was the number one amateur in the world while playing at UCLA, where she was the 2018 NCAA Player of the Year, three-time All-American, and collected a school record eight career wins. She has represented the U.S. at the Arnold Palmer Cup and the Curtis Cup with a 7-0-1 record and was the low amateur at the 2018 a Inspirational, the first major for the women of the year. Lily and I talk about her rise to being the top amateur in the world and her outstanding college career. She breaks down her daily process and mentality to getting better and giving herself the best chance to win on any day. We discuss her experiences on the LPGA Tour and what she's been able to learn from playing alongside the best in the world. She also details the transition from college to pro golf and how she has fought through those adversities to rediscover her game. We had a lot of fun recording this episode and hope you are able to learn something new. Please enjoy. All right, welcome in everybody. We got our special guest here, Lilia Vu. Former number one amateur in the world, uh, eight-time winner at UCLA, three-time All-American. Uh, welcome in, Lilia. Thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me, Tyler. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, of course. Very happy to have you. Number one am in the world. Uh, what was that like, you know, having that target on your back? You know, I didn't think I would get there that easily. I think I focused on what was in front of me, focused on my small goals and then my bigger goals, and then I eventually achieved that. So, yeah. Okay. That rise there, you know, we talked a little bit before about how you were really hungry to get there. And then when you, once you kind of got there, it was almost surreal, you know, break down what that was like the, the road to number one. And then once you're there, what that was like. I think it all started with winning collegiate events. I remember my freshman year, I was trying to get freshman of the year, but I fell just short. And then the goal became player of the year afterwards because I didn't get freshman of the year and I was really bummed about that. And then I figured my teammate Bronte got player of the year. So why not learn from her? And she also took me under her wing and helped me with a lot of things. I remember distinctly at our own event at Bruin Wave, it was in Slow, San Luis Obispo. And we're in a practice round and she told me, every little thing matters. So take note of every little thing on the golf course and conveniently, conveniently, the next year, my first collegiate win was at that same course. Oh, wow. And I remember, um, I don't, my mentality during that week was to beat the course every single round. Because if you think about it, if you play match play with the course, you end up and you successfully beat the course, you'll be like three or four under every round. And if you do that every single time, you're in a pretty good position to win. So that's basically where I started my mentality to play match play with the course. Cause I never understood basically like singling people out and like trying to beat that person. 
Um, I basically, the whole goal to win a golf tournament is to be everyone. But if you narrow it down to just you and the course, it makes everything simpler. Yeah. And like slow country clubs, a super hard course and it's like always windy out there. And was it, was it tough conditions when you played? I remember it was, it had just rained and we played 36 holes the first day. And I think it was really different for, for me because the last day, the second day, which is the third round, it was shotgun. So I didn't know what the scores were and I came in and everybody came in at the same time. And then we signed our scorecards and I ended up winning. So it was very weird. It wasn't the traditional last group, last person, like, you know, who's in the lead. It was just like, Oh, you won. So that was very different for me. And then I ended up winning the next three events, which I don't know how I did it. I probably just like stuck to my routine and my daily drills and, because coach and Alicia, Alicia is my assistant coach, would print out our stats and she would tell us where our weaknesses are. And my whole main goal during practice was to work on my weaknesses, but not neglect my strength. So my strength or my putting. So I always did the same putting drills every day and then worked on TrackMan, the combine, all of that stuff. So those little things that I did every day helped me gain confidence to my bigger goal, which was player of the year. And actually... My sophomore year, so I won four tournaments in a row, but we were the number one ranked team and we played really bad at regionals. So I was in the running for play of the year and I didn't make it to nationals by myself. So I didn't get to go get my player of the year. So that really, really bummed me out. And then I remember my summer, it was, I played US Women's Am, and I think I lost at the semifinals. And I went to Vietnam with my parents for two weeks, and I came back, and it was time to start fall season again, my junior year. I played qualifying. I shot 27 over, and coach didn't take me, as she shouldn't. She and then they all went to the first event without me. I was so bummed out, so hurt. I was, I remember I was crying. I went home, practiced really hard. I made it to the second event. Second event, I think I placed sixth place. And then I was like, okay, I'm getting my groove again. And then the following event, I got second place because they canceled the last day because of the rain. And then we had a tournament in Cabo the end of our fall season and I ended up winning that one and then I ended up winning some in the winter and spring season but I think that I was very proud of that season because I started off so bad and I missed the first event which was the Annika Invitational which is a huge event so if I wanted player of the year this year since I missed out on it last year because we didn't make it to nationals I had to play really well at every single event to make up for it so I think I kept my head down and I did a really good job of it because I think my worst finish after that was 28th place at regionals, which actually I think it hurt my, um, my rank to get Annika, the Annika award. So there's player of the year and then there's the Annika award. I ended up getting the player of the year award. I also finished fourth place at nationals. But yeah, I ended up achieving my goal of player of the year. So I was really proud of that. 
That's awesome. I always tell people that story where I like shot 27 over my first qualifying and I didn't come. I mean, I didn't go to the first event. So it's something I'm really proud of. And I don't know why I say it all the time because I always think that I come out of a slump even better than I ever. Yeah, exactly. You know, like golf's all about handling that adversity, adversity, and you know, like started from the bottom. Now we're here, type of deal. So that's, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's fun. But yeah. I, so you won four times each your sophomore and junior year, but you came into yeah. junior year hungrier, and I know yeah. you averaged a whole stroke lower your junior year. You went from seventy one point four stroke average your sophomore year to seventy point three seven stroke average your junior year, which a stroke in a year doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a big jump. You know, yeah, that's a big jump. Do you think, would you attribute that jump to, you know, your mentality or to the way that you were handling your practice and the way you went into tournaments? I think the best part of my game that year was course management. So coach would print out our pin sheets and have zero lines. Do you know what zero lines are? The straight no. putt, the straight putt on each pin placement there's two there's a downhill one and an uphill one okay yeah, yeah yeah. so coach would print out that i think i was really lazy so my whole goal was to hit to those zero lines so i could just hit to those lines and just hit a straight putt and it would go in no brainer so i think that's what i did and i also i remember this distinctly at our tournament in silverado napa everybody was taking was going for the green in two or like they laid up near the green and it was the tucked pin. And I thought that wasn't a very good move. So I laid up further and I gave myself a full shot. And because of that, I was able to hit to like five feet and they would just run to 20 feet. And I think little things like that really helped. I never pulled, I didn't pull driver all the time. I sometimes, did irons off the tee, hybrid, or uh, three wood. So I think the course management part is what I was strong at. Okay. So you yeah. would say you would got more conservative rather than more aggressive. You were just playing smarter. Uh, yeah, I was playing smart and playing simple golf. Just hit to the zero lines and then hit a straight putt. I made it easier for myself. I think that's called lazy golf. There you go. Yeah. And that's what it's all about because golf's already such a hard game. You know, you might yeah. as well try to make it as easy as possible. Yeah. Just simplify it. Nice. Yeah. And then, so amazing college career. And then in 2018, you played in the ANA Inspirational, which is the first major of the year for the women. And yeah. you were the low am there. Um, yeah. What was that experience like? Were you able to make with any friends with anybody out there? Yes. Yeah, so actually, I played in that event when I was 16. It was called the Craft Nabisco. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I played in it when the last year it was sponsored by Craft Nabisco. I actually got in because there's a little small event for California girls. It's about 20 of us. And whoever shot the lowest score that day got an exemption into Craft Nabisco. And I had a playoff with actually one of my former teammates, Aaliyah Clark, to get into the tournament and I ended up winning. And then, um, yeah, I played in that event when I was 16 and I made the cut. So the first two days I remember I played with Christina Kim and that was so cool. It That's was awesome. So cool. <laughs> and then on the weekend I ended up playing with Paula Creamer. So that was a really cool experience too. Dang. All at 16. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. 
So I think I just remembered enjoying the moment. I just enjoyed everything about it. But when I played in the 2018 ANA, it was like a totally different experience. Like I felt like this is where I want to be when I grow up. Like this is, ex it basically reassured me that this is what I wanted to do. Like be out here, I don't know, like on the 18th hole, the crowd, like I loved it all. I, so the first two days at the 2018 ANA, I played with Emma Talley, who I knew from junior golf and college golf. She's a little bit older, but she's super nice and she made me feel really comfortable. So it didn't feel like a big major. And then I made it to the weekend and then I played with Anna Nordquist and Nicole Brock Larson. I had a really good time. And I think what I took away from it is everybody makes mistakes, but just you, it's just how you handle it. Cause golf is a game of mistakes. So I think as long as you just handle yourself well, enjoy the moment, just have fun is the best part of it. Um, I remember at the end of the round, we were going to the score, like we are done with our scores and Nicole Larson actually told me like, I'll see you out here in a couple of years. And that just like, made, I will never forget that because for an LPGA player to say that to me, who's just like an amateur, that felt so good. So that was also a confidence boost right there. That's so awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you're right there on your way. And now that you're done with UCLA, you're you're making your way to the LPGA tour. You're on the Symmetra tour right now. Um, yeah. What would you say the big difference, biggest differences between college golf and pro golf so far? I think so in college golf, you had coach do everything like hotels, booking everything. We, you play the same courses, like, you know, everything. And I think I really grew up my first year on LPGA. So I was on LPGA last year and I felt like I was lost i didn't know how to do anything by myself like flights car rental like caddies like all of this stuff i didn't know how to do anything and i was so nervous on the tee i felt like a fish out of water i didn't know where my arms were going like i didn't know my swing at all so what i did so in college i never took a swing video and then all of a sudden i'm playing really bad on lpga and i decide to record my swing every single day and try to figure out something like every day every Actually, every swing on the range, I was doing something different to try and figure out something. And I don't know why I went off the rails, but I did. And then just recently, I reverted to just feedback from the ball, like swing path club, like all of that stuff, and then the where the ball was going to fix my swing. And that really helped me. I put the phone away, stopped recording my swing for about four months now, and that really helped me so far. And I am the furthest from a technical player like once you get technique in my head i just go off the rails so i'm basically all feel based for my swing and i think that was my biggest mistake just going through all the swing videos um because if i watch a swing video i'm going to see everything that i want fixed and some things don't need fixing and i think that's what i learned last year like just put the phone away and just swing because it's like riding a bike. You never really forget how to ride a bike because I've been doing this for 15 years. And I think I, cause I started hitting these snap hooks off the tee on LPGA and I tried to start to hit a cut, like try to hit a cut. And I never done that before. I always hit draws. So I basically changed my whole swing dynamic and that really messed everything up. I didn't know my swing anymore, so. Okay. You were taking swing videos and I know that 
nowadays at least with like trackman and you went to ucla and i'm pretty sure they have trackmans there yeah you, were you and i feel like trackman is a good middle ground between feel and then like swing videos because swing videos too technical swing or you know feel is feel and then yeah. i feel like you can get a basis of your feel off of trackman and you yeah. know, we're talking about like swing plane where did you ever use that and where did that ever influence you especially once you were getting into the pros like when you're going through that tough time were you ever using trackman um i think i used trackman for like combine you know the combine it's like yeah. a little game you play i think i did that and then sometimes for swing path because i can get really like six degrees to the right um, that's what I used it for. I'm not too technical. I'm not a numbers girl. I just kind of just see what the ball's doing and go from there. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then you, did you have any, like, once you're trying to revert back to the field, did you have any main drills that you were kind of focusing on that helped you focus more on the field or was it, let me just go play a bunch of rounds and get back to myself? Yeah. So also after LPGA, because I lost my card last year, and I would stay on the range. I have a tendency to stay on the range for three to four hours. That was very detrimental to my game. So I figured I'm playing as much golf as I can right now. I think pre last month I played like 36 holes almost every day, and that really helped my game. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So I, play, so I play out of Shady Canyon, which I'm really grateful for. I'm an honorary there, so I'm a lot uh, – I get the chance to do that there. Yeah. And there's a bunch of great pros that play out at Shady. Do you ever yeah. get to play with them? Yeah. So I play with Brendan Steele and he's amazing. He's such a good golfer. Yeah. yeah. Are you able to learn anything from him as, you know, like a male golfer? Because, you know, there are a little bit of differences between men's golf and women's golf. You know, have you been able to take anything from his game and apply it to your own? I just think he's a great ball striker. He's so good off the tee. It's a no-brainer every single time i played one round with him and he shot 60. he could have shot 59 but we were kind of messing around on the 10th hole and he wanted to piss off his friend so he missed the birdie putt as a joke but he could have shot 59. it was amazing i don't know anybody that's like hey i got finished through 59 let me just <laughs> miss this putt real well, quick i drive I think, myself well, I mean, it was the 10th hole so he wasn't thinking about it. Gotcha. Yeah. What, what did he shoot on the back nine? I think he parred like four holes in total. So I don't know. Okay. Okay. Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. He was having a great day. That's all I can say. Okay. So how do you balance being young, you know, being 23 years old and then also trying to play pro golf, which is, you know, one of the hardest professions out there and you've got to be so dedicated and strict with everything you do. But then I know you also have a lot of your friends from UCLA. A lot of you know a lot of your teammates have been great golfers as well, and they're on their mm -hmm. ways to pro golf. How do you balance that um, that lifestyle of having fun, being young, as well as you got to grind on that game? Um, well, so on LPGA, all I did was focus on my golf game. Like my whole self worth was my golf game. I didn't hang out with people because I was stuck in my own ways. I wasn't playing well. I just wanted to be by myself. My brother was my caddy. So we just stuck to ourselves. I was super unhappy, but in college I had fun all the time and I was with my teammates and everything was carefree. So lax and I played really well. So this year, what I did differently is I'm traveling with my friends and at events we'd have dinner together and all like play practice rounds together. 
just basically recreate the same feel that I had in college and it's working out pretty well. So that's what I've been doing. Um, I think it's really important to balance your social life and golf, definitely. Um, when I gave up my social life last year, my golf also went downwards. So I figured they come hand in hand. So yeah, it's okay. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We all got to have fun. Life's all about balance at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. So, and then also, um, kind of speaking of balance as well, I know you have kind of dealt with injuries a little bit in the past. You had, you dealt with a wrist injury for a bit. Um, you know, how, how did you deal with that and what were the things you worked on with your wrist or how were you able to balance that with the right amount of practice and the right amount of recovery? It's funny you say that because I actually have a thumb injury right now. So I wear KT tape on my left thumb when I play golf. And, um, that was from overuse practicing on the range for four to five hours, which made my hand significantly worse and hurt my golf game because when you're on the range, there's no pressure and you're just beating away balls and you're hitting straight, obviously, but that, that doesn't matter because when you go on the course, it's a whole different feel. And so I was hurting my hand and I was making my golf game worse. So I think once I realized that my thumb started to get inflamed around my knuckles, um, I actually got a steroid shot for it, a cortisone shot for it. And that didn't really help. So that really, you know, make me take a step, made me take a step back. And then I took off two months. I think it was perfect timing because COVID, I think I took off March and April. And then in June, um, uh, Shady Canyon opened again. So, but my thumb has been getting better. I just wear KT tape to basically support it. But yeah, you have to listen to your body. And I'm grateful that I have UGP to like work out and also take care of um, post round recovery and like post workout recovery too. Nice. Um, now that you have kind of had to dial back your, the amount of time on the range, what percentage of your practice would you say you dedicate towards the range versus short game versus putting? Like how many hours would you say you put on it per day? Um, so I have a couple drills that I do for short game. I try, so for short game, so my putting, I do this, the gate drill. So I do a gate drill for my putter and then a gate drill from, I mean, the little tees for the ball. And I try to make 20 in a row. And then I do that and then I move to this drill called dark matter, where three to five feet, I make 10, 10 out of 10, and then six to 10 feet, seven out of 10, and then 11 to 13 feet, I make five out of 10, and then so on, like as we get further. And then I do that, and once I finish those, I go to short game, and then I do an up and down game, where I do, so it's nine holes, three shots from the fringe, three shots from the rough, three shots from the bunker. And I have to make seven out of nine up and downs, like wow. one chip, one putt. And I do that. Once I finish that, I go on the range, get for like 45 minutes. And then I try to go on the course with some friends. And then that's basically how I practice. And on the range, I don't just have an alignment stick and hit up one pin because that's very counterintuitive. You don't get the same shot seven times, the same seven iron seven times. No. So I try to hit at different pins with different clubs. And then I try to also shape shots, basically. And then for my driver, I'll hit between like flags and then I'll aim at something to do that. Nice. Yeah, that's yeah. good. 
And you mentioned play, uh, you know, on the course with your friends. Do you ever do a little bit of gambling, a little bit of games <laughs> in there with your friends? Yeah, we definitely do. We play like nine point. We play a wheel game. I don't really know how it goes. I just have them deal with it and I try to play the best I can. It's kind of unfair because they play the same tees as me, but they don't give me strokes so they can get on in two and then I have to have a three shot hole on a par five, but it's whatever. Nice. Yeah. I mean, like as long as you're beating them, you know, it's like, Hey, yeah. you know, take that. I'll, I'll take the money. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, cool. Well, um, do you have any more short-term and long-term goals, you know, as you keep advancing through Symmetra? I think what I'm going to be working on is trying to get my proximity to the hole on my approach shots better. I feel like I'm hitting it on the green, like I'm getting good green and regulation um, stats, but I want it more closer to the hole so I can have chances for birdie and try to hit the fairway more. I mean, I think I'm averaging like eight out of 14 fairways. So if I could just get that better, I'll have more chances for birdies anyways. Okay, nice. And then yeah, long term goals. The long term goals to you know win a couple and then get my card back, but I like to be quiet about them. Just do my thing and focus on what's in front of me. Absolutely, that's what it's all about. Yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta play your game, and that's how you eventually win. You know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think that about does it for us. Um, any any closing remarks? No, it's been fun being here. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, yeah, this is a bunch of fun. And, you know, it's like such an honor. Number one am in the world and you know, well on your way to multiple wins and majors. And I'm just so excited to be able to watch you do it. And uh, we're all rooting you on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, go check out Lilia's, all of her social medias. And, you know, look her up because she's, she's well on her way. So uh, thanks again, Lilia, for coming on. And we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy my podcast, please don't forget to like, subscribe, check out all our social media pages at The Course Record, or visit our website, thecoursrecord.com. I would love to hear your feedback about who you want to hear from next and what topics you are most interested in learning about. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you next time.